I want to welcome everyone to the America's Town Hall where you can ask HP anything. I'm Mary Wallander, the Community Manager for the Americas for DScoop. And today we have Kirk McLean, the General Manager of HP and the Industrial GTM. Hi, Kirk. How are you doing today? Good. Good, Mary. How are you? I'm great, thanks. If you advance the slide just one, we will go over the housekeeping items before we get started. I just want to let everybody know that you are on mute throughout the presentation. And we will be recording this so that if you have to drop off or you have, uh, um, if you have, have to drop off and you wanna finish it up, you will be able to see the recording. We received many of questions from all of you during the registration and Kirk will answer all of those at the end of his presentation. If you have a more detailed question or a follow-up, just raise your hand using the bar at the bottom and we'll unmute you so that you can ask those questions. If you have additional questions after the webinar, just email us at hello at dscoop.org or you can post them on dscoop.com on the post webinar summary and the recording link that you'll find on our website. And with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Kirk to introduce himself and kick it off. All right, thanks, Mary. So um, I'm gonna give you just a quick context for uh, what I'm going to take through and then get the q and I don't think I'll spend more than 15 or 20 minutes inside of the conversation um, because this is uh, an ask me anything Q&A session. So uh, you don't need to listen to me pontificate on all kinds of other stuff. It's more about you and what questions that I might be able to answer for you. So at a high level, you know, I'll talk a little bit about who I am just so you know the context of who uh, who's doing the talking. I'll talk a little bit about 2020 inside of HP, right? It's been a crazy year for lots of different reasons. Uh, Lots of different things going on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, our journey as it relates to, to COVID uh, at a worldwide level, at a regional level, how we've responded, things that we've done, just to give you an idea. Um, and really just what does some of it look like going forward? What's the new reality look like? What are some of the things that we see? We'll talk about those just a little bit. And then I'll open it up to questions and answers. And any questions that you have, Mary, just give you the instructions on how to post those and I will answer every one that I can. And, and if you ask me one of those that I can't uh, answer for you today, I definitely will commit to getting the answers to you after the call is over. Uh, so with that, let's talk about uh, me just a little bit. Um, Kurt McLean, the general for the industrial business for North America. What does that mean? It means I have responsibility for all Indigo and inkjet solutions. Um, here in North America, US and Canada. Um, been in the industry for almost 30 years. I think this says over 30, it's not quite that. Um, but it's been pretty close to 30. I started at HP in 2016, so I've really only been here about four and a half years. I came over to lead the general commercial print segment, uh, and now I lead all segments for the industrial business, as I previously said. Prior to that, uh, I was a zeroid, and I know how popular it is to say that in many circles, but yes, I was. I did that for 17 years, actually. Prior to that, I started in the industry um, with 3M in their printing and publishing division, selling proofing systems, plating systems, 
and film systems. So any of you that have been in the market for a long time, I'm sure at one point in time, used 3M plates, whether it was the Endura, the Tartan, the Viking, whatever, they were, they were around for, for a very long time. Um, personally, married, 26 years. I have three kids, 24, 22, and 16. Um, my oldest is uh, a cardiac pulmonary nurse at the Mayo Clinic. My son's a senior in, in college, and my youngest uh, is a sophomore at the Hudson High School. And I have been in this community for uh, 20 years now. So let's just talk a little bit about 2020 at HP. Um, we started the year, our fiscal year, talking about and it was basically how we find ourselves in the marketplace, streamline, how do we focus uh, on the businesses that we really feel are going to provide the growth for us in the future. That was a major restructuring. So at the beginning of the year, we said over the, the course of the next two to three years, we were going to eliminate seven to 9,000 jobs. So we started the year with this intense restructuring um, effort. And actually, before we could even get through the first phase of it, we had COVID hit. And at the same time all that was going, we had a hospital that we were responding to from Xerox. So um, that brought enough challenges along with it as well. Because there's one thing that's interesting is, is, is people who love HP or love HP Indigo don't necessarily harbor the same feelings for Xerox. So I would constantly get notes from customers that say, if you are ever owned by Xerox, I will not be an HP Indigo customer again. So it created all kinds of challenges for us. And then obviously uh, where I left off after the Xerox situation. Then, so if, if we wanted to put together a recipe for the perfect storm, Side of HP, I don't think we missed a pinch of salt because it was, uh, I'll say it this way, it provided an amazing opportunity for leaders to lead. Um, but that kind of gives you a context of how this whole year has been so far uh, inside of HP. Uh, so now let's move towards Q2. Q2, uh, we mixed results. If you look at COVID, there's parts of Xerox, or excuse me, parts of HP's business that you would assume would go well. Uh, obviously, in the printing space, uh, the B2C, we have all kinds of employers and employees that were now virtual, and they needed their home offices set up. So that meant PCs, that meant printers, that meant monitors, cables, all the rest of it. Um, but on the same side, we had another part of printing, this major part of our printing business is managed print services. That's managing the desktops across Fortune 500 companies. And with everybody in lockdown and leaving their corporate offices, you can imagine the impact that that had. Even inside of the parts of the business for you, like expectations there, and, and you can see down below, 7% uh, decline year over year. And it has to go with supply chain issues. When components inside of the PCs you manufacture them come from places like China, um, we're going to have a major disruption in supply chain. So all those things, you put them together and you, you had a very difficult um, quarter. And in the industrial business, right, 
near B. It was a very, very challenging. Uh, at the peak of the crisis in China, general commercial print pages were down 80%. In North America, uh, at the peak of the crisis, uh, the pages in general commercial print were down 50%. Somewhere year to date today, just inside of North America, the number of pages that we would print normally is down about 2 billion impressions. So huge, huge impact on the company. Um, and if I look at it, I mean, it's just a reflection of what's going on. This is our business. It's not just HP's business, my business. It's yours business, right? And if I'm down 40%, that's the average of what we see across all of your businesses too. So very challenging environment for everybody. Okay, so the first thing, this is, I wanna talk about our response kind of at a, at a high level as it relates to COVID. Obviously the first priority that we had was the health and safety of our employees. Right. It was it was a unique time trying to maneuver, as you guys probably already know, to navigate a crisis and something that we had never experienced before. So the first thing is, is how do we keep everybody healthy and safe? Obviously, a very, very important piece of it, too, is, is communication. How often do we communicate? What do we communicate? And we needed to have an operating model that helped us inside of the environment that we're in. So we spent a lot of time on. If, if, if salespeople can't make customer calls, what should we have them do? And I'll talk about that even more specifically in a following slide. But one of the things is it, it provided us the opportunity to do things that you never had time to do before. One of it was personal development. We spend more time now developing ourselves personally. What, how do we spend time now planning for when the day after comes? And what are all the housekeeping things? things that you knew you should have done, the things that have always been necessary to do, but they were always a C priority, a B priority, always on the back burner. So COVID did give us a chance to actually hit reset and take the time to do a lot of those things. Obviously, externally, we had to figure this whole thing out and how do we keep the business going? How do we continue to support our customers? If everybody's quarantined, including our technicians, how do we support our customers from a service perspective, the ones that are open? How do we communicate to them externally so they know, hey, we're here, we're behind you, we have all the right resources in place to make sure you're going. How do we address the financial implications? Inside of general commercial print, we have customers that have actually flourished during COVID, and we had customers who were devastated inside of COVID. So how do we help them? Um, so we had to put together the resources to provide financial relief for some of our customers. To date, we have helped specifically over 440 customers weather this storm financially. And we spent just in North America about $13 million doing that to help people through this crisis. And at the same time, we also used it not just for our own internal education, but how can we educate the market? And what's going on? How can we help them in these times? What are some of the tools and resources that we have that maybe they're not aware of or maybe they've forgotten about or maybe haven't even thought about how they can apply them to their businesses now and how we can help them? Um, so one of the things uh, specifically, we gave free licenses to SiteFlow. SiteFlow is part of PrintOS. You may be familiar with it. It allows a printer to move work. 
uh, inside of the network. So if I'm a printer in California and my business is shut down, but I still have customers who need print, I can use SiteFlow to take that job and I can move it to one of my friends who's got a, a facility in St. Louis and he can fulfill the job for me. So it was a business continuity um, thing that we could provide, a free service that we could provide, even though we have to pay for all of the cloud services and storage and all the rest of it to, to facilitate that. It was just a way that we could continue to support the industry and our, our customers. And then obviously, um, we spent a lot of time planning for the future. And we had to acknowledge that when we come out of this, as much as I don't like the expression of the new normal, there will be things that will change as a result of this. What are those things? How are we gonna adapt? What does a sales campaign look like today versus what it used to look like before? What do we learn? How do we apply it? What are the new goals? And what are the things we see inside of the market that we can position ourselves to continue to provide value in the industry and to you, our customers. So on a regional basis, we changed our priorities, right? You start out the year 2020, I talked about kind of the, the chaos that we managed our way through, but we had four strategic priorities basically from a selling perspective, pretty simple, deliver your plan, drive net new, sell the whole portfolio, and create a great customer experience. Those are the four things that we ask every one of our salespeople to do every day, every week. Um, but that changed when COVID hit, that all changed, right? It wasn't about delivering a number anymore. The first priority was stay safe, stay healthy, be safe, do the right things. Stay connected and engaged. That was the second thing. We did all kinds of goofy things inside of, inside of the region. We, we had weeks, theme weeks, um, you know, um, it's been a while trying to draw a blank here, but we did different things. It was, you know, your favorite hat week. It was team week. It was take your kid to work week. Um, all kinds of things like that to help people stay connected and stay engaged. And we went from a, a virtual world where we never turned our cameras on to one where we mandated that they'd be on. So you could stay engaged, you could see people's faces and, and that 80% of communication that happens face to face didn't get lost in this world. We created that way of trying to stay connected, make sure everybody stayed engaged. We even did a talent contest across the industrial business worldwide, just to add some fun um, and to keep, keep the engagement level up. Uh, we, we talked about use this time. Use this time to develop yourself. Um, use this time to think about what will you do differently? Because the last thing I think we want to do is not learn from this situation and just go back to doing things the way we used to do them before, because quite frankly, some of those things that we used to do aren't going to work anymore. But how do you embrace the situation, learn from the situation, and, and become even better the day after? Uh, we talked about feeding your faith and not your fear. Um, whatever it is you put your faith in, spend some time there and not on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and everything else that could just sensationalize the situation. And if you weren't concerned one day, turn on the news 45 minutes later and you had something else to worry about. Um, take a step back, think about that. And we went from, you know, stop closing, don't know, just support. 
stay in touch with your com in contact with your customers, stay close to them, help them through the situation, offer them support, uh, and let them know that we're here for them as a partner. Uh, so that's kind of the biggest fundamental shift that we kind of hit the switch on soon as the market tanked. I mean, our, our business tanked on March 12th and our volume in one day dropped 30% day over day, or um, yeah, day over day, week over week. Uh, one of the things though that we, we also changed, right, is our net promoter approach. Net promoter, I'm sure you're all familiar with it. If you score us a nine to 10, you're a promoter. If you score a six or less, you're a detractor. If it's seven or eight, it's neutral. The number one question that we scored inside of our net promoter was, would you recommend HP to a colleague or friend? We changed that. We changed that to say, hey, are we doing a good job of supporting you right now during this time? We talked about, are you satisfied with the way we're supporting you? We asked them questions, are we visible and accessible? Do you feel that you have a partner here? Uh, we asked the question too, are you confident that your business will weather the storm? And then do you have everything you need from a health and safety perspective? And is there anything that we can help you with? Those were the main questions that we asked customers. The overall satisfaction score during COVID was 82. It actually went up from where we used to be. And on the service side, the service side, it peaked at 93 points and it averaged 89. So a lot of the investments that we had made on the service side of being able to support our customers remotely, now um, not just as, as, as a thing that we were working on towards the future, we actually leveraged all of that investment that we made so we could support people virtually. At one point in time, we had 32 technicians in quarantine because they either had symptoms or they had been exposed to somebody who had the virus. We had to figure out a better way of supporting our customers virtually so we can still keep them running and supporting them during this time. And the feedback that we have received uh, in that area has actually been, has been overwhelming. And to have a net promoter score, if you can see North America, Overall satisfaction at 82. The screen on the right is actually service NPS at 89. Those are scores that are well above what you would see from a Tesla or an Apple or from many of the leading companies in the industry. So um, I feel proud of the effort that our team made to support you guys during this time. And hopefully you've been on the receiving end of it. And not only just hear listening to me say it, but you've actually felt it and experienced it yourselves. One of the things that we do provide all our employees now as they go out in the marketplace is PPEs. We provide them with masks, gloves, sanitizer, all that type of stuff. But in between, before we actually had that program launch, these were some of the things that we would do internally when we were having conference calls or slides. We'd say, hey, you know what? Guys, we don't have the PPE system set up and running up, but hey, I've got some great best practices here that you can use if you need to go out in public. So we did goofy things like this. You can see the one lady with the, the shopping cart. I don't know if that's a plastic bag she's got over her head. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. You got the lady number two. She's got the party hat that she's actually wearing as a mask. Uh, then you've got the guy with the paper sack. I love the paper sack. You know, even though it's got holes in it, he's probably going, but I got rubber gloves on. I'm pretty well protected here. Keep going. Yeah, so here we've got a couple more too that I, I got a big kick out of. You've got the guy on the left 
who's got a water jug that he's using for his PPE. I also like the uh, the lady, I'm sorry, you just went past it, who had the bed and the bag kit over her head. Uh, very creative, I would have to say. But life today obviously has changed. We're living in a, a much more virtual world, one that we have to stay uh, connected in. Um, we actually launched the Drupal portfolio via a, a live webcast. Um, we've done a lot of different things, but obviously we can say that things are changing, have changed. A couple of final thoughts is um, two things, right? One thing that we can be sure of is the only thing that's changing is change itself and it's going to be a constant. As we continue to kind of get out of this crisis and try to get back to normal, things will change and they'll continue to change. And there's things that we're seeing that we know will change and there's things that we haven't even seen yet that we know is coming. Uh, so it's just being as uh, adaptable as we can and aware of the situation so uh, we can stay um, in front of the change. I mean, if you look at, I, I read something the other day, it was uh, on Zoom. Zoom's market capitalization today is about 49 billion, which is greater than the seven largest airlines in the country. Now, if you think about it, it's kind of common sense right now, right? Everybody's doing everything via Zoom and not very many people are getting on an airplane. But nobody would have saw that 90 days ago. If we did, we all would have put uh, a bunch of money on Zoom and we'd uh, not even be on this webinar. We might be retired at this point in time. The other thing that we've learned, right? And this is no different, that in every crisis, there's opportunity. There's a, a ton of things that we've learned about ourselves, about the business, about where the business could go. And inside of it, there is always opportunity. There's opportunity for all of us at this point in time to hit reset and to do the things that we never had time to do before and to position ourselves to be even stronger when we come out of the crisis. So um, with that, um, that's just basically the short story. But Mary, uh, if you wanna open it up now for questions, that'd be awesome. Thanks very much, Kirk. Let me start with the questions that we received ahead of time. Uh, the first one was, what role, if any, will inkjet technology play in the future for Indigo? Um, one of the things, obviously, you've all seen the, the, the news recently as it relates to a loan's departure and I'm taking over. Part of the overall, I think, future direction of the company is to operate as one industrial business. Today, we have the, the Indigo go-to-market uh, the GBU, which is what Heim took over for a loan, but we also have one for the inkjet called PWP. They operate as separate businesses. So sometimes you come across to a customer that, and I've actually even heard customers say it, right? I didn't know you guys even sold inkjet. So to say what role does inkjet play in Indigo uh, specifically, I think what you'll see, and maybe some of you have seen pieces of it um, already, but we showed the future platform of Indigo inside of our label and packaging space. It was a press that's called the V12. It actually runs at 400 feet per second. So you're talking about roll-fed inkjet speeds with Indigo quality. So one of the things when you think about inkjet and Indigo, sometimes you know people will look at Indigo as, it's, hey, it was a great technology platform, but maybe it's getting dated. Um, Indigo is not standing still where they are today. They're continually to develop. So if you could actually have a press that produces at inkjet speeds 
but with indigo quality, you know, those crossover points and where inkjet makes sense and where indigo makes sense, that becomes even more blurred, really. Um, it's not one versus the other. It's where they both fit. And like I said, at the same time, right, we do have an inkjet portfolio. Today, more pages are printed on HP production inkjet presses than any other competitor out there. Now, I'll, I'll give you the, the caveat, right? We own the publishing space, and where do you print the most pages in the publishing page, space? So that's why we have that dominance there. But we do have an inkjet portfolio, and they're also looking at the, the solutions that they'll bring in the future. Uh, future design intent, like I said, is to be one industrial business. So I think there'll be better integration between Indigo and inkjet. So when we develop the portfolio and the solutions for the for the future, there isn't you know a bunch of overlap or redundancies and things that people are working on or going after the same market segments per se. Thank you. Um, what post-COVID market trends do you see impacting printing and packaging markets for 2020, 2021, and moving forward? That that one is a. a very loaded question. You could spend all days uh, actually answering that. Things that you see and then, well, what do you think will happen? What's the cause of this? What's that? I'll give you a perfect example of where you could say, here's the trend that we see and it's going to have a positive impact. Or you could say, well, I don't see it that way. It could have a negative impact. Let's start with general commercial print. Um, prior to COVID, Statistics said that seven to 8,000 commercial printers will cease to exist in the next seven to eight years. That means they'd either go out of business, they'd be merged, uh, acquired, but there would be continued consolidation in general commercial print. And you would say, because of the financial impact that this has had, you could see that trend actually accelerating, that maybe it doesn't happen in seven or eight years, maybe it happens in the next three to six. But there's something else that's going on in the marketplace that's a different dynamic that I don't think people saw coming. And that is supply chain issues and dependencies on different supply chains. So for instance, we had brands who have decided over the course of previous years to outsource their print to China. And then COVID hits. And now they have a situation where they need to communicate and one of the strongest methods of communication print they lost control of or they couldn't even do it right so one of the things that we see is insourcing um, and one of the indicators that says this could have a real positive impact on north america is at the peak of the crisis china general commercial print pages were down 80 percent year over year and today they've rebounded, but they're still only half of what they used to be. Now, there's a market that's been open 60 to 90 days more than we have. And our rebound has actually outpaced them 5x, right? We've actually seen the recovery inside of pages. And last week, our pages in general commercial print were down 15% from 50% at the height of the peak to 15%. So our recovery, even though we're 60 to 90 days behind China, um, is totally outpacing China, which might be one of those indicators, right? That says, hey, 
there's going to be more print in North America while we still expect the overall print market to um, decline. We still see a decline in offset pages and growth in digital pages. Um, the fact that there'll be a shift of where those pages are produced could actually reverse or slow down the trend as it relates to consolidations in the marketplace. So it's one of those things that's completely unpredictable. But the one thing that I would say is today, uh, only 6% of the world's pages are being printed digitally, but it actually contributes 25% to the margin of the companies printing those pages digitally. That is a trend that we do see accelerating, right? It was supposed to grow from 6% to 14% in the next five years and from 25% to 35%. That is something I think we will see a lot of uh, accelerated growth uh, because we also have brands who are selling us when if we would have known that our print provider had digital capabilities, we would have changed the way we printed a lot of information during this time. So lots of different things, lots of different dynamics in the marketplace. I think it, this crisis is going to create opportunities, especially for us, right, in the digital space, you, me, and, uh, and for the brands that, that support and, and feed all of us. So the follow-up to that question from the same person was, what have been some of the most interesting or surprising applications you've seen during this year so far? Um, I think, I don't know about surprising. One of the things that we see, but you, we kind of knew it would come, is the explosion of uh, our packaging, our label and packaging business. During the crisis, um, our volume there went up uh, like 33% percent uh, at the peak and it continues to to be a, at high levels but if you look at labels and packaging uh, it is kind of a recession proof business um, and one of the things that we also saw in the marketplace before covid was was the convergence in the marketplace between general commercial print and i think that now when you look at how the business were impacted i think that will that will accelerate you know more general commercial printers getting in with the labels and packaging because quite frankly, in the general commercial print space, um, you guys have figured out a lot of the barriers of, of taking a business digital. You know, we've got label and packaging printers that, you know, produce 200 jobs a month. And we have general commercial printers that produce 1200 jobs a day. Right. And how do you pay your salespeople for short run versus long run? So I think um, at a general level, we see that as far as interesting applications, Things of, you know, one of the things is we saw a lot of our commercial printers stop printing, but start producing. Even in Israel, uh, Indigo stopped producing presses and started producing face shields. Uh, we provided templates for people to actually produce face shields to provide to their local hospitals, um, to to the to the frontline workers. Uh, we we printed face masks and put out templates and files and how to do that and what's a cool way to do that. And well, one of the coolest applications um, that I saw printed was actually printed in uh, from one of our customers in China. And they actually printed a commemorative ticket that um, was given to every one of the healthcare workers that actually went into the Wuhan province to support, um, you know, treating, treating patients. And they received a three to four thousand workers left the province they were in to go into Wuhan to provide 
help and aid. And when they were no longer needed, because things had started to, to lighten up in that part of the world, they were given these tickets. It was a commemorative airline ticket um, that commemorated their time. Um, it helped memorialize that, that their, their contributions and to reward them and, uh, and to thank them for their contributions. It was very cool. It had had uh, you know, metallic inks. It actually even looked like it was foil stamped. It was actually a very, very, very cool piece. And, and, pretty touching too. That That's a wonderful story. Um, so switching gears a little bit, we had a question from someone about the facilities in Alpharetta and they want to know if Alpharetta is up and running with the training classes. Uh, specifically, one of his goals for 2020 was to get uh, level two and three 7900 training and he wants to know what he should tell his manager. Yeah. Okay. So slowly we're opening things back up. Um, we have uh, essential workers inside of Alpharetta. So um, our trainers are there. Um, you know, the folks that run the GEC, they're there. Uh, if we need to print files, do virtual demos, uh, those capabilities are there. We actually do level one training. Uh, virtually today and basically what we do is we have the trainer in Alpharetta broadcasting live to the site with the technician on hand who's also helping guide the process and we're actually virtually training level one on site today. Now level two and level three is a different story right that is much more hands-on you're taking that level of training you know to the next level per se so that's not something that really can be done effectively virtually. So we are continually moving towards doing that right now. The targeted date, and it's always subject to change, right, is um, the week after the 4th of July to start to begin to open up um, the training center. We have a site council there that is on site that meets on a weekly basis to make sure that is, as, as we open up, we're providing the right level of protection, the right level of safety, the right level of social distancing. Um, uh, we have all that going on. So they will open up soon, hopefully next month. Um, but also we'll have things where, you know, there's only so many customers we'll be able to train at a time. We won't have like eight people standing around a press. Pretty hard to social distance when you'd have that many people standing in front of a press. So there'll be some changes. I'm sure there'll be, uh, Probably a backlog there as well, but hopefully it starts to open up here in the next, um, let's just say, three weeks. Excellent. That's great news. Let's let's move to some of the questions that came in while you were speaking. Uh, someone had written, "Which commercial segment do you believe will deliver the most growth in 2021?" Commercial segment in terms of in our portfolio, commercial. I'm not sure if I'm clear on what the question is. I'll move on to the next question and ask the person. Well, let me, I'll, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab. And if I miss it, maybe they can add some clarity around it. So number one, commercial segment that it, labels and packaging. I think this is going to um, provide a stimulus for growth. Um, that's a growing part of the business. That is uh, something that HP has actually said is a focus area. We actually had 10 growth areas that we were focused on pre-COVID. 
And at the end of the day during this, it, it became apparent that, you know what, you really can't focus on 10 different things at once. You gotta pick and choose. And actually we narrowed it down to three. And one of those three is labeling packaging. Um, that world will continue to evolve. It will continue to become more digital. It's a, it's a strong business. It's a recession proof business. Uh, and there's lots of opportunities to differentiate. And we see a lot of brands wanting to differentiate and create an experience through the package. Not, not just like they used to through like just the printed piece, but the printed package. And, and um, how can you get more engagement through the package and more loyalty to the brand? I, I see all kinds of creative things. I, I see um, customers producing for brands almost like a, almost it makes me think of the old TV series 24, a key for Silverland. It's like, here's what happened in this 24 hours. You couldn't wait to see what's going to happen in the next and the next and the next. And they're building that in their packaging that says, it, it could be like a scavenger for hunt for kids that starts with this first package and they can't wait to get the next package because they want to get to the second stage of the scavenger hunt and the loyalty that creates. Um, I mean, it could be a cereal box and you'll have 10 boxes of cereal that are unopened in the cupboard because the kid had to get the next box of cereal to see what was coming next. So that is probably one of the biggest. I do think we'll see growth in general commercial print in the digital space. I think we'll see more pages begin to migrate uh, off of uh, conventional offset to digital. Um, and I think in the, in the general commercial print space, I think those customers that really focus on those things that differentiate commercial printers in the marketplace prior to um, COVID, if they can build, rebuild their business around those core elements, I think um, that'll provide opportunities for them to be successful too. Great, thank you. Uh, next question is, are you excited about the new portfolio of Indigo technology and where's your focus going to be in this coming year? Um, yeah, and we've seen already um, a lot of um, positive signs as it relates to the new portfolio, where we're taking the portfolio. Um, and we also, for the first time, and once again, I've not been an HP person for that long, for the first time, we actually showed people what's next. You know, we'd go to a droop a year and you'd say, here's everything that we're launching. And everything that we would launch would be commercially available in the next six months, if not available right there on the show floor. Uh, this was the first year we said, and here's where we're actually taking Indigo beyond, right? Which I think was a very, very important step because when people say, hey, Inkjet is the future, well, that's because we are not doing a good job of also telling them where the future of Indigo is going. And like I had said earlier, if, if we're gonna launch technologies that are at Inkjet speeds, uh, with greater economics than what you see today and all of the value that we bring with a fifth color, sixth color, seventh color, metallic, white, pink, whatever, we're going to bring all those into that platform moving forward. Uh, that's a different story. And it's also hopefully creates a different perceptions in people's mind that there is a lot of runway left in the Indigo portfolio with some of the refinements and some of the advancements that they'll start to see. So I'm excited on where the, the future will take us. And uh, Chris Wren asks, with the continued growth and marrying 
of Indigo with Inkjet, how do you see HP expanding support for the DScoop community as we expand into the Inkjet market? Well, HP has always been a huge, obviously, supporter of DScoop, investing millions of dollars every year in supporting the community. I think it is like the coolest thing um, that we do as a company. We not invest, you know, we just don't invest in technology that we can bring to the marketplace, but we invest in the marketplace. We invest in our customers. We invest in the community. We invest in collaboration. We want that sharing going on in the marketplace so people can learn and grow from each other and we all can continue to bring value to the marketplace. I think marrying the two together is just shows that commitment at a different level. It's not just Indigo, it's what are the solutions that we're bringing to the marketplace that will continue to bring value, that will continue to help you guys be successful. So it's a natural extension of the whole value creation that we, that we built inside of the community and the DScoop community. I, I see it only being a, a, a stronger, stronger organization, stronger collection, stronger community. Great, I, I think that answered the question nicely. I just wanna remind everybody on the call, if you have a question for Kirk, just type it into the Q&A on your panel there and we'll get to as many as we can today. Uh, Kirk, here's another one. How is HP going to continue to demo technology without having Drupa or the DScoop conference in this particular year? Okay, so say that one more. I think it's kind of a follow-up. You mentioned that Alpharetta might possibly be opening in the uh, next month or so, but are there plans to do any other type of demos for the new equipment? Oh, uh, you broke up at the very beginning, so I'll do the best uh, with the answer based on what I heard. But you, you, how are we going to launch the portfolio? Is is that kind of the question or expose people to the portfolio? Right. How can you do demos uh, without being able to do the live demos at uh, the conference and, you know, in your facility and without Drupa, that type of thing? Well, the first thing I would say is we have been live virtual demos um, with a tremendous amount of success. Now, I know there's a percentage of customers that are always going to want to look, feel, touch, kick the tires, smell. Uh, but what we're finding is there's a lot of customers that, hey, if they have live access to the press and we have all the right technology where they are actually getting inside of the press, maybe not physically touching it, but actually seeing their jobs queued up, seeing them run through the press, seeing the sample output, um, we're finding a lot of success with, especially our existing customers, because they already know us, um, with the tools that we've actually put in place already. We're doing live demos, simulcasts even from Israel with, with great success. We've actually, uh, last couple of days, we've done, I think, three live demos of our inkjet technology. And the feedback that we've gotten from um, the prospects has been really, really strong. Obviously, as we continue to open up Alpharetta, we will also uh, refresh all of the presses that are there. So the entire uh, Drupa portfolio will be there. Um, and in our next DScoop conference, um, you know, it would be our intent if 
things, you know, work out the way they should work out, that we would have a pretty good representative offering of, of the Drupal platform there. We did do, uh, we did launch uh, the Drupal portfolio live. So if you hadn't seen those live sessions, those they were all recorded and your account managers can send you the link and you can see exactly what our Drupal portfolio looked like. We made the strategic decision to launch it and make people aware of what we were gonna bring to Drupa, even though Drupa didn't happen during the crisis, because we knew more people probably had more time to spend and and view those things. I know a lot of our competitors, they didn't. They just waited, and you know, and, and I don't know what the right strategy is. I guess we'll see what plays out, but um, we're going to use all the tools that we've developed during this crisis to help us until we get through to the other side. Plus, I think Drupa right now is tentatively rescheduled for April of uh, 21. So if that show goes on, uh, obviously our entire portfolio would be there as well. And Kirk, I, I just want to point out that anyone, wishing, anyone wishing to see those live demos that you did, which were fantastic, by the way, uh, can go to dscoop.com and find all of them there as well. Yeah. And um, we be and we're and we're always open and uh, happy to do personalized demonstrations virtually as well. So if there's something that specifically you have an interest in that you want to see, we definitely can facilitate that as well. Great. Uh, Abe has asked you a technical question here. Wants to know what the main differences are uh, in your twelve thousand press versus the fifteen thousand press. Uh, the fifteen. First of all, just um, at a high level, because I'm not a technical giant by any means, um, at a high level, the, the, the 15K brings everything that the 12K could possibly have on it. So if you took a 12K with all the bells and whistles, that's the standard feature set that you'll find basically on a 15K. Paper handling system is completely different, uh, much more reliable. Um, and uh, no, I'm drawing a blank, drawing a blank. Uh, obviously, HD capabilities. Plus, we have uh, multiple pick points. We have uh, additional paper trays that are available uh, on the 15K as well. Okay. I hope. And, and Abe, as always, if you want any more questions on that, you can go to your local sales rep, and they'll be happy to give you a, a deep dive into the differences between the two presses. Um, you, you talked a little bit about this, and uh, this is our last question, unless someone types something into our, our Q&A here, but uh, what has HP done to help its customers in need? You talked a little bit about uh, some of the things you have done. Do you have um, more that you maybe didn't get into for time's sake? Well, I mean, just at a, at a high level, we did a, a lot of different things. Number one, um, we offered customers lease holidays. If they couldn't make lease payments, uh, we would defer lease payments 90 days. Uh, that, uh, the budget that we had for that, I mean, we exceeded it by millions and millions of dollars. That was probably one of the biggest requests that we received from customers to, uh, to stop or to at least uh, suspend, you know, that fixed cost when they were producing as much as they were producing before. 
Uh, we had customers that wanted to put their presses in hibernation, so we would suspend um, their service. If they were, you know, functioning, you know, working, you know, three, four days a week or two, three days a week, we also did things uh, as it relates to discounting the service because they wouldn't uh, need as much service during that time. We extended payment terms on supplies, clicks. Um, we locked everybody's current rates. I mean, everybody knows the pricing model with the tier plans. It's based on volume. Well, obviously inside of COVID, you're probably not gonna be able to maintain whatever tier level. Uh, we made a conscious effort to make sure all tiers were locked to whatever volume level customers were at prior to the crisis. We did all kinds of investment from a service perspective, making sure that we supported and provided support for customers during this time. Um, and we, like I said, we did a lot of other things to support customers that weren't necessarily just financially. It was how do we support them? How do we help them prepare for the day after webinars? Uh, just from a business development perspective, just our business development teams uh, today have done, I think, uh, either nine or ten uh, business development seminars, educating over a thousand customers over the course of the last 60 days. So uh, there was no shortage of people stepping up and saying, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? Could we help our customers this way, that way? It, it actually got to the point where it was it was so hard to operationalize because we were trying to do so many things and so many different people were trying to help in so many different ways. Um, it, it was almost like herding cats internally to get to get all of this uh, operationalized. But once again, it's 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 our commitment and passion and commitment to our customers and commitment to the industry that really shined through, at least from my perspective during this time. Well, that's a that's a perfect statement to end on today. I think um, it goes to the heart of Indigo and HP and, and what you're trying to do to help the customers during this crazy time right now. Um, I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today and answering everyone's questions and uh, apologize to the to everyone on on here today for the a little bit of technical difficulties we've had with audio and and switching the slides so thanks for hanging in there with us i just want to ask as you sign off today please complete the three question survey we keep it very short and simple just to help us do our our future webinars and it, it uh, gives us an idea of what what you want to see for future if we didn't get to all your questions as we said at the beginning and Kirk mentioned, you can go directly to Kirk and ask him or your sales rep. You can also email us here at dscoop at hello at dscoop.org and let us know what your questions are. We'll make sure we get them to Kirk and to the appropriate people. And we're always adding new webcasts. So let us know what topics you want to hear from. And again, Kirk, I just want to thank you so much for being open to asking you anything today and appreciate your time and, uh, and your efforts today. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Mary. Thank you for all that DScoop does, and it was my pleasure. Thanks very much. Everyone have a great rest of your day and stay safe.